Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There is something that happens every four years or so here in America. It is almost as dependable as seeing Canadian geese flying north for the summer. (laughs) It is that liberals threaten to move to Canada if a Republican is elected president. (laughs) Unlike the geese, though, it is just as dependable that these liberals never follow through. From The Guardian, back in 2018, it says, I know a lot of people have been threatening to do this, but I really will, girls. That's Lena Durham told a a New York audience in 2016 that I know a lovely place in Vancouver and I can get my work done from there. The actor Raven Simone said that she had her ticket already and was prepared to move to Canada with my entire family, she said. If any Republican candidate became president, but one year after Trump took power, has there been a surge of Americans, celebrities or otherwise, moving to Canada? Well, days after Trump was elected, Durham said that she would not be heading to Vancouver. (laughs) Shocker. It's easy to joke about moving to Canada, she said, (laughs) and she wrote this on social media. She said, it's harder to live fully and painfully aware of the injustice surrounding us to cherish and fear your country all at once. But I'm willing to try. (laughs) The comedian Chelsea Handler, who had said she was ready to move to Canada if she couldn't live in Spain, said she had been encouraged to stay in the U.S. Yes, my staff reminded me that Platforms and voices like mine are needed more than ever. Leaving the country is quitting, she tweeted after Trump was elected. Raven Simone's promise to move north prompted a six-minute TV segment featuring her traveling to British Columbia. I actually didn't see this, but she dressed as a Royal Canadian Mounted Police Officer, (laughs) throwing axes with a flannel clad man, or I don't know, anyway, something like that, in an attempt to get a taste for life in Canada. But the segment ended with her preparing to head back to the U.S. Others simply never addressed the promise. After telling Vanity Fair that she would escape to Canada's eastern coast province of Nova Scotia if Trump became president, the actress Chloe Sevigny said nothing more. A publicist for Seven Years said she did not have any other information on the topic. <laughs> Similarly, Barbara Streisand, who said she would move to um, Australia or Canada, and Breaking Bad's Byron Cranston, who pledged he would definitely move, he said, north if Trump won, have not brought up the idea of moving since the election. The singer Ni Yo, a rapper, um, Snoop Dogg, both actually, said they were uh, Canadian-bound. But Neo telling TMZ he planned to become neighbors with Drake while Snoop Dogg hit up his fellow rapper for a hookup on some property in Toronto on social media. 
Nothing more was ever mentioned by either of them. <laughs> During the election, actor Neve Campbell, who was born and raised in uh, southern Ontario, said she found the thought of a Trump presidency terrifying. When asked by the Huffington Post what she would do if he won, her answer was clear, move back to Canada. <laughs> After Trump was elected, Campbell noted on Instagram that she was, quote, still very proud to have the honor of living in America. This really reminds me of what is happening today. The liberal media really hates transparency and free speech. If, if you have transparency and free speech, you can't control the narrative. Now, with his purchase on Monday, Elon Musk has thrown a huge monkey wrench into their machine by buying Twitter and taking it private and promising more transparency and free speech. This has sent liberals into a tailspin, so much so that Musk has had to lock any changes to the site to stop rogue employees from sabotaging Twitter. Here's an article by Ryan Sabadra, who's, um, he, he writes for the Daily Wire, and he says Twitter reportedly locked down changes to the platform on Monday to prevent employees who might be mad that Elon Musk bought the company from being able to sabotage the platform. The move comes after the company's board of directors unanimously approved a $44 billion definitive agreement to be acquired by Musk for $54.20 per share. Anonymous sources reportedly told Bloomberg News that the new measure would make unauthorized changes more difficult. Quote, for now, Twitter won't allow product updates unless they're business critical, said the people who asked not to be identified because their situation is private. Bloomberg's News reported Quote, product changes will require approval from a vice president, the people said. Twitter imposed the temporary ban to keep the employees who may be miffed about the deal from going rogue. And the news comes as, as some Twitter employees are reportedly furious that Musk bought the company. Talman Joseph Smith is, quote, it's absolutely insane at Twitter right now in a virtual valves of private Slack rooms and employee group texts, according to an internal source. Their take, breakdown just now, says, quote, I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I really don't want to work for a company that is owned by Elon Musk. The source at Twitter continued, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Oh my God, my phone's been blowing up. We have a meeting about it at 5 p.m. The CEO is going to address everyone about it. It equaling Elon. I hate him. Why does he even want this? He asked. The employees continued with, relating to Elon, says, quote, I feel like he's the, the petulant little boy that he's been doing this to troll. He doesn't know anything about our policies and what we do. This statement about our algo was effing insane. We're just going to let everyone run amok? Nobody knows. <laughs> so to them, free speech equals letting everybody run amok. But <laughs> anyway, lastly, there's the, the harsh irony of this takeover process in which 
the push notification breaking news is news to the firm's workers too. He said, quote, everything I know about what's going on, I've heard about on Twitter. Nobody is saying poop to us. I'm just going to try to do my job. <laughs> to that, I would say, uh, they, you know, that would be good policy to just do your job, Talman. <laughs> so what has Musk said about the buyout. Well, following the news that Twitter had agreed to accept his offer, Musk said in a statement on Monday, quote, free speech is the bedrock uh, of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters did uh, uh, vi uh, matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, unquote. He also said, I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans, Musk continued, uh, by saying Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Well, seven minutes later, <laughs> yes, seven minutes later, Musk added in a tweet, the extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech, says it all. <laughs> That's good. By free speech, I simply mean, this is Musk, by free speech, I simply mean that which matches the law. I am against censorship that goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. Therefore, going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. But it seems that the, the whole world is reacting at this point. I think it really shows you how tied even world governments are to liberal platforms. I mean, look at the European Union and the EU commissioner for the internal market. His name is Thierry Britton. And he said this, he said, we welcome everyone, Britton told a Financial Times. We are open but on our conditions, and we know what to tell him. Elon, there are rules. You are welcome, but these are our rules. It's not your rules which apply here. <laughs> now, don't those sound like something you'd hear from a movie villain or something? I don't know. I'd like to have heard him say it. But Brenton was also stern in in warning Musk that the consequences for fa uh, failing to follow the EU rules would be severe, including massive penalties and, and possibly the site being banned from Europe. Sure, I, I would love to see that. Quote, anyone who wants to benefit from this market will have to fulfill our rules, Brenton said. said. <laughs> the, the board of Twitter will have to make sure that if it operates in Europe, it will have to fulfill the obligations, including moderation, open algorithms, freedom of speech, transparency, and rules, obligations to comply with our own rules for hate speech, revenge, porn, and harassment. If Twitter does not comply with our laws, there are sanctions, 6% of the revenue. And if they continue, banned from operating in Europe, he added. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Twitter has not been open or transparent. And to my knowledge, they've never been sanctioned. Kind of interesting, right? 
But some of the most revealing tweets have come from Twitter employees themselves. Addison Hallenstein, he, he, he refers to himself as he, him. He's a software engineer, too, for Twitter. And he said, point of view, you ask me why Elon Musk buying 9.2% of Twitter and getting a board seat is bad? And I am explaining why this is clearly not his end goal, and things will certainly get worse and potentially be dangerous for democracy and global affairs. Now, here's a Jay Holler. He refers to himself as a he, him, his. He's an engineer manager for Twitter. And he says, quote, the problem with Elon Musk is that he has demonstrated a pattern of harmful behavior consistently with disproportionately impacts marginalized people. So maybe let's not give him any more power than he already stole. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this just gets better. Here's Cream D. Cassie, who's, who describes themselves as uh, a demisexual, genderqueer, trans woman, <laughs> and also a data scientist. And she, she, he, whatever, says, I'm honestly kind of terrified. A prominent transphobe buying a large stake in Twitter is not at all funny. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and he's not even a transphobe, but whatever. Another positive thing to come out of this is that Joe Biden now says that we should look at Section 230. Now, I, I'm, I'm serious about this. Is, this is a good thing. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki declined to comment on the specific transaction but said, as a general matter, no matter who owns or runs Twitter, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, the power they have over our daily lives. She added that the president, Joe Biden, has long supported reforms to hold tech platforms accountable for harm stemming from their services, including by uh, reforming tech's legal liability shield, Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, and requiring transparency. Now, now, Section 230 says this. It says, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. So in other words, they can't be held liable for what people post. Now, we did an entire podcast on this, and you can find that, of course, at Uncommon Sense Podcast. Com. Now, other politicians have, of course, reacted. <laughs> Here's uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. She's, of course, the Democrat from Massachusetts. And she tweeted, this deal is dangerous for our democracy. Billionaires like Elon Musk play by a different set of rules than everyone else, accumulating power for their own gain. We need a wealth tax. Of course, we need another tax. And strong rules to hold big tech accountable. You know, it seems to me that this is quite a statement coming from someone worth $67 million on a 185K a year salary. Hmm. Republican Bonnie Watson Coleman, who's a Democrat from New Jersey, tweeted that the $44 billion value of the deal is less than 17% of his estimated $264.6 billion net worth. 
Billionaires like Musk pay low tax rates, and they pay lower tax rates than firefighters, teachers, and nurses. If they if that sounds absurd, it's because it is. We need a billionaire minimum income tax. <laughs> Musk, you know, Musk did pay during that time. He paid 27% in taxes. That's what he paid. I think that's a little bit more than your firefighters, teachers, and nurses. But let's continue. Quote, if they can afford to buy Twitter, they can afford to pay their fair share in taxes. This is a Republican, or I'm sorry, Representative Catherine Clark. She's not a Republican. She's a Democrat from Massachusetts. And she tweeted this before the news became official. Now, I will say this, that we will be covering this very topic on our next podcast on Friday. Quote, it's absurd that one person can afford to buy Twitter for more than $40 billion while working families across the country have to choose every day between buying groceries or their prescription drugs. This was Representative Pamela Jayapal, who is actually a Democrat from this state that this podcast originates from, and that is Washington. Uh, she said, just a reminder that from 2014 to 2018, Elon Musk paid an effective tax rate of 3.27%. She wrote after the news finalized about the deal that the average working family pays an average tax rate of 13%. It's time for a wealth tax in this country. <laughs> now, the only way that you can say that he he came up with that that 3% tax rate or whatever is if you were to tax unrealized capital gains. Otherwise, this thing is just a lie. And of course, you don't tax unrealized capital gains. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, but politicians weren't the only ones reacting. Gabriel Hayes of Fox News reported that MSNBC host Ari Melber said Monday that, and, and you've got to listen to this, it's true, if you are a democracy like the United States that use, used to regulate media ownership and say Rupert Murdoch can't have too many local TV stations and newspapers in, ta in one town. They have laws for that uh, are still on the books, he added. He says Congress hasn't gotten around to limiting whether someone can own all of Twitter. But here's the really funny part. Then he gave his main warning. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees. Or, he added, you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. <laughs> He's, the, the, the best reaction to that came from Jason Rance. And he says... He's merely reciting what Twitter did to conservatives, but, but he doesn't even realize it or, or he's convinced himself it didn't happen. Oh, it's just good stuff. He then questioned Musk's motives one last time. Elon Musk says, this is all to help people because he's just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. Is that true? Should you take him at his word? <laughs> well, Jeff Bezos couldn't resist commenting uh, that, quote, interesting question. Did the Chinese government just gain a bit of leverage over the town square? 
Then he retweeted Mike Forsyth's tweet, and Mike Forsyth is a, he's a New York Times reporter, and he tweeted out, apropos of something, Tesla's second biggest market in 2021 was China after the U.S. Chinese battery makers are major suppliers for Tesla's EVs. And after 2009, when China banned Twitter, the government there had almost no leverage over the platform. That may have changed. (laughs) So my question for Jeff Bezos is, where are most of the things that are sold on Amazon made? Oh, that's right. Forced labor camps uh, contribute to that. Um, China Daily, an English language newspaper controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, um, has has paid more than $4.6 million to the Washington Post. Uh, Who owns the Washington Post newspaper? Oh, that's right. Jeff Bezos. You know, this little idiom about glass houses comes to mind, but we'll move on. Not to be outdone, the NAACP and the ACLU have chimed in. (laughs) Louis Cassiano reports that as news of the $44 billion purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk reverberated through the social media world, the NAACP urged the Tesla CEO to rid the platform of hate speech and falsehoods and to keep in place a ban on former President Donald Trump. Quote, Mr. Musk, free speech is wonderful. Hate speech is unacceptable. (laughs) Disinformation, misinformation, and hate speech have no place on Twitter. NAACP President Derek Johnson said in a statement that, quote, do not allow 45, see, they can't even say his name. Do not allow 45 to return to the platform. Do not allow Twitter to become a petri dish for hate speech or falsehoods that subvert our democracy. Protecting our democracy is of utmost importance, especially as the midterm elections approach. Mr. Musk, Mr. Musk lives are at risk, and so is American democracy. <laughs> Here's another quote. In today's world, a small handful of private tech companies, including Twitter, playground a, a a profound and unique role in enabling our right to express ourselves online. This is the ACLU executive director, Anthony Romero. Who, he, he said in a statement, quote, social media is critical to is a critical tool used to share ideas, express opinions, and consume information that has real-life impact in discourse in the offline world. We would be worried about a powerful central actor, whether it's a government or any wealthy individual, even if it is an ACLU member, having so much control over the boundaries of our political speech online. And we know that the ACLU is not fighting for civil liberties anymore. They're actually fighting for equity now. They've actually made that point. Well, Ben Shapiro actually pointed out that Tim Wise, who is an American um, activist and writer on the topic of race, uh, he tweeted this. He he said, quote, uh, F Elon Musk, (laughs) apartheid baby, you 
your company, and everyone who stands for you. I'm saying this on your platform now, and I will keep saying it. Let's see how committed you are to free speech when we start roasting your backside. Quote, we are going to have to deal with Nazis the way that our grandparents did, because Elon Musk is going to let them say whatever they want in the name of free speech. Cool. There are other options. <laughs> okay, so so let me get this straight. Hmm. World War II <laughs> versus leaving Twitter. Yeah, okay, I can see they're the same thing. All right, so a writer for CNN actually said, said this next one. He says, what Elon Musk is doing is what the plutocrats have been doing, using money to buy power and power to protect their money taking control of, of, uh, of it to rig the discourse and hedge against resentment and branding themselves as the solution to the very problem they are. So, so how is free speech? This is my question. How is free speech and, and, and dissent on, uh, on uh, any kind of free speech platform, let's say Twitter or anything else, a problem? How is free speech a problem? Well, not to be outdone, <laughs> Imbram X. Kendi, yes. When billionaires like Musk justify their motives by using freedom, beware. <laughs> they want to use their vast fortunes to do whatever they please, unconstrained by laws or regulations, shareholders, or even customers. <laughs> okay, so Musk has said, that he wants Twitter to stay within the law and regulations of each country. He paid shareholders a great deal more for their stock than it was worth. And he is opening it up to all customers that, of course, you know, not just the woke ones. So he's kind of off base on every one of his points. Sean King is an American writer, civil uh, rights activist, and a co-founder of Real Justice Pack. He says... At its root, Elon Musk wanting to purchase Twitter is not about left versus right. It's about white power. <laughs> the man was raised in apartheid with a white nationalist. He's upset that Twitter won't allow white nationalists to target and harass people. That's the definition of free speech. That's his definition of free speech. <laughs> now, did Elon really say that? Yeah, I don't think so. All right, author Don Winslow, even if Musk takes over, I urge people, especially resistors, to remain on Twitter for the very simple reason. Facebook is an aggressive propaganda machine <laughs> for the far right <laughs> and the beliefs and ethics of Donald Trump. <laughs> we cannot concede Facebook and Twitter in this war. <laughs> Wow. Actress Yvette Nicole Brown. How many Russian oligarchs are propping up this Elon Musk Twitter bid right now? Do you think? <laughs> it sure would fix everything for Putin, Tang, and the rest of the, um, the uh, super rich if this platform was run by them after the takeover. I won't, uh, I, I wouldn't DM anymore if I were you. Yeah, we'll see if she does or not, right? 
what all this hysteria is all about now is that Elon Musk has has you know bought Twitter and they are afraid that he will now control what is being posted. Except this is exactly what has been happening at Twitter. The liberals that run Twitter and and frankly most other social media sites have controlled what kind of content is posted on their sites. They don't call it being, you know, thrown into social media jail for nothing. Now that that Musk has purchased Twitter, their stronghold on social media is threatened. And, and we can't have anyone just saying what they want, can we? What if they say something that we don't like? What if what if they say something that we don't think is true? Liberals didn't have to worry about that too much before this. And now everything has changed and it's very upsetting to them. I have, I have said it before. When liberals lose power and control, they get kooky. Yes, they get kooky. Definitely so. This is what we are seeing here with Elon Musk and Twitter. They are losing control of, of a social media platform and they're going crazy. And I mean, what, what else can they do? I mean, they can't debate the facts of the situation. How can you oppose someone who uses his own money to buy a company so that free speech is restored to it? You can't logically oppose that. You, you can only get emotional about it. You can, you can pull out the race card, <laughs> which we've heard, and wax poetically about how bad the rich are. We've heard that too. You can say all kinds of things that make no sense but make you feel better for saying them. They, they, can, they can threaten to leave Twitter and then realize that it only hurts themselves. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know what they can do. They can head their own, um, their own platform. They can heed their own advice and go start their own Twitter type platform. Isn't that what they told all of you conservatives when you complained about the bias? The irony of it all is that Twitter is not going to, su to support conservative ideas. It looks like it will just not kick them off Twitter. If he holds true to his word, it will be a place for all thoughts and ideas. But just like in other areas of life, Free speech is a threat to liberalism. And I would agree with Musk on this one. The extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. Now, you may agree with me on this. You may disagree with me on this. And I would love to hear from you. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. 